Dal, thank you so much for joining with us. Could you just tell us a little bit of what, what it's like to be at home? Well, it's, first of all, it's beautiful. Fell in after doing 38 years and six months. And to come back out here, went in, went in as a child at the age of 14 years old and returned back to society as a grown man. It's a culture shock. It's like being born again, you know. Um, but I feel happy. For one thing, I'm, I'm happy about but I'm blessed to be working with you and the New Jersey Reentry Program. He's not always speak so highly in Jersey Reentry because it helps you transcend back to society, but it doesn't leave you. In other words, it don't give you a map and say, okay, this is the road you have to take to get to A, B, and C, but it also takes you by the hand and guides you along the way. And it prepares you mentally as well as taking you to different job sites and prepare you for the job sites. Just don't say, well, we're going to get you a job from A, B, C, and D. We'll find out exactly what you're good in, what type of job, first of all, what type of job you're looking for. Now, perhaps you don't get land that job. You need some other uh, important marketable training skills we give you to work at this specific location at this specific time. So that's one thing I feel good about. I'm just not thrust back to society to just fly on my own. I got assistance and I got the help that I need. So tell me like a little bit like what it's like for you to come home and, and what runs through your mind? Well, all kinds of things run through my mind. Uh, I get a little excited sometimes. I have a little anxiety here and there. But again, I feel good overall. It's just that to come out as I experience today, to go get an uh, <laughs> ID, get a birth certificate, uh, social security, then to sit down and do an interview for a job application, Things like that I didn't foresee leaving behind the wall after doing a life sentence, you know. But then to be back in society, it just feel like, you know, surreal sometimes. You know, I'm just, you know, just taking one step at a time. But like I said again, I go back. And I go back to you a lot because you didn't you didn't abandon myself and all the guys that have had difficulties, maybe substance abuse, maybe bad choices, environment in the criminal justice system. You said you'd be willing to help guys and to assist guys, maybe drug uh, uh, addicts, all guys that made mistakes. And you kept the word, and I like that. And like I said, coming back out here and not feeling uh, like I'm by myself, in other words, to fend for myself. That's one thing I do feel good about. You kept your word and you're doing good. But just not for myself, but for many others. But well, we all, like the old spiritual says, we all fall down and we all get up, right? Absolutely. But see, it's one thing to say, and I'm not saying it again because it is for you, but I have a, a good over 25 year history with you. People say a whole lot of, excuse my friends, a whole lot of stuff. I want to say other words, but I'm not. <laughs> but it's just the same. We fall down, we get up. Yeah, we fall down, but sometimes we need that help to get up. And that's when you comes in at. A lot of people don't do that, and I can attest to that. So many I've seen fall through the cracks. So many people I've seen behind the wall and served the primitive aspect of their sentence, and they still getting these crazy hits. They put all these obstacles in the way to prevent you from reentering back into society. And when they do grant you parole, they don't put nothing to assist you to make the transition back into society. New Jersey reentry is not inside of Southport State Prison, Walway State Prison. None of the DOC. State prison, do you find New Jersey reentry where it's needed most of that? Why? Because they know with a program such as reentry, they know the recidivism rate would not only drop with 
long terms, which is zero, by the way, but also short terms as well, because you're giving somebody a marketable, meaningful skill. All right, yeah. you got state of the art center. They, they show you, when they ask me, teach you along the way, HVACs, different programs to put in place, and upon your completion, you also be hired. You don't find that. That's why I mean, right? that's the difference from a person saying, we fall down, we get up, that shit sounds simple, but sometimes you need the help to get up. Yeah, you know I mean? and people need those services. People Absolutely. need a driver's license. Absolutely. Need a birth certificate. Absolutely. I mean, coming home without any IDs is, is pretty scary. It's definitely, pretty, definitely scary. And when That's you came home, what did you have? You had, I had nothing but the G, uh, DOC ID, and that expired July the 7th. Came home June 7th, and that expired July the 7th. So you came home when? Last month, June. Last month. And June did you have, did they give you a birth certificate? They didn't give me anything. Did but you have a birth certificate? You, did you have an ID? Didn't have an ID. That's another thing. That's what I'm saying. They had these programs that they call SEALs and uh, STARS. And they say, well, you complete the program, uh, you get perfect attendance, we're going to give you a birth certificate. You lost your social security. Give us the information as to where you'll be living at and we have it forwarded to your loved ones upon your release. It never, never happens. It never happened. That's what I mean by, again, they talk it, but they don't walk it. You know what I mean? Now I can say, the jury of entry told me, listen, you just know, you go by statistics today, all right? You go see so-and-so, so-and-so, and take this, tell them this, and you'll get your uh, uh, no ID, and I got it. I got it today. That's the difference. And tomorrow, he said, you go tomorrow, get a birth certificate. Wasn't a whole run around, you know, the dog chasing the tail situation. But these are things that takes place with DOC. That's what I mean by granted. We committed a crime by all means. I, I served the criminal bachelor of my sentence. I was, I was, I was, uh, I went through the justice system. I was found guilty. I dealt with it. But now I'm coming back out of society. You want to do something different. I want to live a productive life. I want to serve things. But you said you're all about assistance. But when I when I look for your assistance, it's not there. I mean, it's just not me with so many others. That's how you fall through the cracks. And it seems like you're preparing me for failure. But on one hand, you shake my hand and say, you wish you luck. And other hands, you say, well, catch me to be seen he's going to fall. Because certain things you need, that is your ID, your social security, your birth certificate. But by that, you can't be accountable for the food stamp. Certain things that's going to assist you. You know what I mean? You know, health insurance, things that's, that's, that's going to assist you to make that transition because you need help. The welfare, you know, the snap card. They don't show you how to go about getting these things. Trust me, they don't. Because I went through the process. You go to the social service department. They got a thing. They deal with JCAT. You go through these things, but nothing comes up. Yeah. Nothing comes up. And like Senator, Senate President Sweeney and Senator Cunningham passed legislation that said that this all had to be done. Was it? No. No. That's what I mean. It just, it sounds good. Yeah. It's just women dressing. It sounds good, but it's not doing anything. So guys come out here and they don't have a driver's license, they don't have an ID, they don't have a Medicaid card, they have nowhere to go. And absolutely, they don't. So what you think a person's going to do? Person's going to survive, right? And then sometimes, but what happens with that is it's like a, a, a drug addict with a twenty-year habit. Yep. He's going to be going to be what? Relapse. Yeah. Go back to the familiar. Because he's got to eat. Doing so exactly. Selling drugs, robbing, doing stuff. What do What do you expect? I would say don't do that, but again, I'm not everybody else, all right? Some people can't adjust like that. 
you know, failure, you know, when people, opportunities happen and doors slam in your face, sometimes it discourages you. And sometimes, you know, the evil demons have a tendency to resurface again. So what wisdom did you learn behind the wall for almost 40 years? Did you learn, is there, is there anything, is there any, is there any, for lack of a better word, is, is there any wisdom that you learned by virtue of this time? Almost definitely. One thing I did, I, I truly learned, and uh, I learned this, and I always remind myself of it. Only time you would change the condition of yourself, no one can change your footing. You got to be 100% dissatisfied with your life in order for change to come about. You have to be sincere with yourself. That's the only time you'll be blessed to make that change. You can confront the demons that send you no longer play the blame game and look at yourself. I was 14 years old when I made a bad decision. However, I was aware of what I was doing. I mean, I didn't know the reality and the ramifications of my actions at that time, but I knew enough to know right from wrong. And I always question myself and say, listen, you have no excuse. You come from a family, a mother, a father, Christian family, went to church every Sunday. What was your excuse? Why did you do it? They worked it. They did probably give you everything you wanted, but the things that you needed, they made sure they provided for you. And I told myself, you know, I want a better life. And I questioned myself on it so many times. I tell the juveniles, the scared shape program, you know, in order to make a change, you got to believe in yourself. I don't care what somebody may offer you, but if you're not willing to make that change, you're not going to change. And I stand before you now, a changed man, through my trials and tribulations. You know, anything worth having doesn't come easy. The struggle is ordained. And I went through that struggle. I went through that hell. But now I came out the man that my parents raised me to be. Amen. You know, and I'm happy to be here. And as I said again, <laughs> happy to be working with the government. No. He's a beautiful person. So, so tell me a little bit about your time with Scared Straight. Oh, the Scared Straight program, it was, it, was, it was a beautiful experience because I got an opportunity to see myself, you know, and see eyes. a child, exactly, in the eyes of another young guy. Yep. You know, that was happening. You were pretty fierce. You were pretty fierce with some of those guys. I tried to give it to him. I tried <laughs> to give it to him because this is something that you can't, you can't make this up. You're not going to find this in the textbook. This is reality. You know what I mean? The choices that you make, you know what I mean, determines, you know what I mean, how you're going to live from this day forward. You make it kill the process. It's all about choices and consequences. Like I tell you now, it's nothing wrong with you. Mm. It's just you just make poor decisions and poor choices. Amen. You know, but, this, but the other part of it is the choices that we make sometimes hurts others. You know what I'm saying? It just yeah. don't hurt yourself, but you hurt others in the process. Hurt both the people that you love. Absolutely. That's when the selfishness comes into play. Because a lot of us, a lot of juveniles that went through the program and a lot of guys I grew up with, they never really had a father figure in their lives. They had a male figure, but not a father, who would take on responsibilities and guide their children and safeguard their future along the way. And a lot of guys have a tendency when they don't see these things, they take on attitude, they want to break the cycle. Their fathers never let's be like, man, the hell with it. I mean, I want to go to the streets. Well, they really don't. You know, they, they project this image, but, but behind all that is a young guy crying out for help. As I tell them all the time, you're soul searching. Mm. Easy to identify with all the wrong shit, but afraid to identify with the right thing because that requires you manning up, sitting aside the pride and deal with the principles and values that makes a man's character. By saying, I need help, man, will you help me? 
know what I mean? Cry out for help because we've been conditioned to believe that men don't cry. Mm-hmm. That's not true. But behind that beautiful wall, you'd be surprised you'd be seeing crime. Serial killers, all kinds of guys on the devil. Yeah, they shared a tear, a physical tear. Who won't? You're still a human being, regardless of what that image you may project. And that's one thing that life is going to uh, patronize and talk me. Put all the little petty stuff aside and deal with what's in. You know, express yourself, be honest with yourself, and ask yourself, is this a life you really want to live? Hell no. If I can change it, I will change it. Yes, I will. You know, that's the things about when you come into being a man by taking on your own responsibilities and accepting the wrong that you did. That's when change come about. You know what I mean? That's when you can sit back and tell yourself, listen, I don't want to be a part of this life no more. I know it's a better way. I'm going to strive my damage to make sure I find that way. I'm going to break that cycle. I don't care if I come from a dysfunctional family, a single parent home. I'm going to make a difference. You got to believe in it and work at it. As I said before, anything worth having doesn't come easy. We always tell the dude now that the life you may see just may be your own. That's what it's all about. And I'm happy to be on the side because, again, the life I may see happens to be my own. I'm happy to be here to speak about it. How do we get young men to come to that place where they look and they make the decision to do something different? A good, oh man, that's a beautiful a lot of times, a lot of guys, again, as I said, once they see that there's nothing wrong with saying, I want help, I'm weak in certain areas. But when you afford them the opportunity to challenge themselves, all right, like such as, again, mm. I'm not saying because he's present, but what they have here at New Jersey Reentry. If a young guy get the introduction from me, I'm going to let him know, if you really want to better yourself, they got all the tools right here to do it. But you want to bullshit yourself, you're in the wrong place. Because whatever that my father always told me, whatever's in the well gonna come up in the bucket. You may not like it, but you drop that bucket in that well, it's gonna come up. So what you put in life is what you're gonna get out of life. Because don't nobody owe you a damn thing in life. But one thing I would say, this wasn't around when I was coming up. Hmm. That's the truth. It really wasn't. Not to say it would have changed me. Okay, but I really believe I would have thought a little bit more better. Okay, because now I got an opportunity for people to say, well, what do you want out of life? Mm-hmm. I want to be this. Well, we got a program to help you do that. You follow what I'm saying? It's not, it's not so much, it's not a long-range goal no more. It's a reality. It's like rubbing a genie in a lamp and you making a wish and being granted that wish. You know, that's the difference from back then and, and now we're looking at it in the day of reality. H facts. How much money you make an hour doing H facts? <laughs> Heating and re- refrigeration. Them the things I'm talking about. You're talking about marketable, good skills that you can take as a career and live with benefits and all above. Vacation time. Street life, you don't get that. You either get killed or go to prison for the rest of your life. You don't get no pension at the end of your work career. No, sir. And, um, that, and that's the things that I believe. Yeah. I'm crazy. So, so talk to me a little bit about like a lot of the guys in the street think that they're only going to live to 30 and they care about the bling and they care about running and dying because they just tenderly don't think they're going to live long. Well, a lot of times, people like that right there, like we talked about earlier, brother, there was individuals that 
they've been living in the psyche for so long. And it's like, well, my father was this, yep. my mother was that, so that means I have to be the same. And like I said, a lot of the young guys, they soul searching. You know, they join the gangs because it be that, all the, we do not say it's artificial love because it's not authentic. You know, it's like the blind leading the blind. And they bind to this overnight ghetto celebrity success. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna find your success being a drug though. Now that's short-lived. There's no success with that. And as I said again, a lot of them guys, they don't favor this side because not a lot of guys that's patronizing this side. They encourage them to come over here and experience this and take them by the hand and show them tough love. A lot of them buy into that bullshit as I would say. Yep. Man, you know, yo, man, this is just the way for me, man. I accept this lifestyle. My father's on it, so should I be. That's bullshit. You can make a difference if you really want to make a difference. A lot of times, them young guys don't be challenged on that. Guys don't confront them. They just let it stay steady. Then the older guys, they just messed up as the youngest guys, like the blind leaving the blind. They're all looking for that uh, overnight success. Quick, quick dollar. It don't just, just as quick as you make it, the quick as you can lose your life, and the quick as you can blow the money. Because there's no value system with it. There's no morals behind it. It's a dog-eat-dog world. But a lifestyle like this, that's why I always stress to God, when you work every day, you're going to appreciate that day's pay. Because you had to earn it. You had to grind for it. You had to get up in the morning and face the adversities in society and still go to work and come home and deal with it. See, that's the difference when you know how to set certain money aside, how to budget your money. The average drug dealer, the street guy, they don't budget no money because they make it, they blow it. But this is why I do it then. They take it for granted. You know, that's what I mean by a lot of the young guys. They don't see that part. They only just see what's in front of them. Which is nothing. So it's important to be honest with these guys. Absolutely. That's it's important to be telling them straight what's Absolutely. like. Raw and uncut. You gotta give it to them like that. You know, if they wanna survive, there's no other way to give it to them. You can't water this down. You can't candy coat this. This is hard reality. Because it's your life. It's simple. If you stay on the streets, you're gonna get killed. Ain't no like, maybe, or uh, that's not true. That's bullshit. If you stay on the streets, you're gonna get killed. Because that's how the streets is. And my mother's always tell me two things life got to offer tough guys. Prison or death if you continue to do what you're doing. And it's a fact. I experienced it already. I seen it. Growing up, we had neighborhood games and all the above. I was into it. But the end result wasn't shit. Nothing to show for. I did 38 and a half years behind that wall. Okay? And it was a brutal lifestyle back then. They took advantage of people. He was weak. He was raped. He was taken advantage of. That's the reality of that. They don't give a shit about what your name was on the street. What kind of gun you carried. They don't care about it. There's a whole different environment. And that was back then. Now it's mental. A lot of young guys go crazy. They can't deal with depression. Mm. They turn to medication and things of that nature. But on the street, it was gunslingers. Face all tatted up. These crazy ass names they carrying around, but behind that 34 wall, it don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing. A lot of them guys go crazy. They ship them all out to different states, in Arizona, Utah, 
The Alien Brotherhood run that out here. It's a whole different setting out here. You know, a lot of these young guys don't know about that. They don't just know about what the watered down issue that their big homie tell them. Yeah, man, this is the right way. This is going to make it be even going big. That's bullshit. A lot of them guys buy into that. You know, but like I said, the ones I'm going, I'm looking forward to working with, I'm going to be honest with you. That's the only way to get it. It's always a better way, but you got to want to make that way for yourself. You got to believe in yourself. That's the only way it's going to happen. How, how do you say stay strong during this whole time? Keeping the faith, you know, and believing in myself. Mm. You know what I mean? And striving. Mm. You know what I mean? To better myself, to convince myself. You know what I mean? You're going to be a better person. You know what I mean? That's why I took every program that they had to offer. You know, went to school, got my high school diploma, didn't stop there, kept on doing different things, taking corresponding courses. It was all about, you know, positivity, positive energy, which brought me to where I'm at right now. You know, to New Jersey Elementary. You know, that I tell a lot of people, it's a very, very positive program. It's a good program. But if you want to change, it's the way to be, right? It's the place to be. So, so today you saw three attorney generals, oh, and you saw Reverend Al with um, my dear friend Chris Perino, Jeff Chiesa, Hubert Garol, and the great Reverend Al Sharpton. What was that like? I mean, that was. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still riding high. <laughs> I mean, I felt so good. That's what I'm saying. Felt so good. Here it is. I ex kind in the company, but that doesn't define it. No, it doesn't. But the point I'm making is that to see myself, hmm. I'm saying, man, I just went to prison a month ago. And now I'm in a company. You know what I'm saying? Are these, you know, prestigious men? You know what I'm saying? You know, with the former government introducing me. You know, not as, oh, he just did no, no, come in. Made me feel loved. I mean, I mean, for real, I'm like, oh man, it's all right. They're gonna extend themselves to me. Cause they see, oh, the government, he must be all right. Got everything. And they said that to me. They said, you gotta be a good guy. Government, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, said, and when I started talking, I said, nah, talk to him. You'll see for yourself. Talk to Cal. Came and said, nah, all right, you got the right guy too, government. You know, that made me feel so good. You know what I mean? Knowing where I came from doesn't define who I am. You know, that's what's so good about that. You know what I mean? You know, walking out of hell. You know what I mean? And yet to be embraced with love, like walking into heaven, you know? And that's how I felt mm -hmm. that day. I mean, the day was the day I mean, I would never forget. I felt so good, very good, you know, honored, you know, sitting there, the golf course, you know what I mean? You know, I, I felt good, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all at the US Open. I said, this is what I'm talking about, you know? And I enjoyed myself. And, that, and they see, these are things that I can't wait to tell some of my colleagues and former guys that was behind the wall, young guys, they mm -hmm. can't see themselves outside of the bullshit. Let them know, yes, you can. If I can see it, if I'm experiencing it, you can too. Sure. But you got to change your thinking pattern. You got to want to make that change. Because as they say, as a man thinking, so is he. Amen. So, Cal, what would you say to like the, the middle class white guy saying, you know, why should we do re-entry? These guys did bad shit. You know, why should we be investing in changing? What's your argument to them? Well, my argument is this right here. One thing I would say, 
no one is exempt Amen. from making mistakes and falling through the cracks. That's just what it is. The other part of it is this right here. And I hear a lot of people, taxpayers, talk about where their money is being spent. Program like this save the taxpayers' money. Amen. You know, it's not a burden to the taxpayer. It's an asset, you know what I mean, to the taxpayer. You know, because it's going to cut down on the prison population. Because, again, if you're giving me a marketable tool, okay, but I'm making, you see what I'm saying? I'm making 15, 16 hours an hour. I'm making what a dope dealer makes. So why would I sacrifice that and taking a chance of getting killed or going to prison when I can work and go home after my eight hours and get my check and spend time with my family? You know, that's the other part of that. So you only see one side. Those that didn't really expect, ah, that's a waste. Ah, they're not going to. Now, that's not true. That's not true at all. It definitely will work. You know what I mean? And it has been working and it has shown where it saves the taxpayers' money. You know? But we can never forget that no one is exempt. Amen. No one is exempt from making mistakes in life. And and the other thing that I would say is not everybody starts the race of life in the same place. Absolutely. I mean, like some people didn't grow up, so you know, but as, as you said, whether having a father figure or education or health care or whatever. They were struggling to survive, and they just, candidly, they just did the best they could with considering. Yeah, I exactly. mean, some people, I know friends of mine that joined gangs to survive. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't really a choice. If they didn't join the gang, I'm not justifying it. They didn't live. And another thing, so I'm glad you brought it up, brother, because what we have to also recognize with the day's generation, they grew up in a gang, drug, and gun culture. Mm. He just hit it right on the head. A lot of these young guys didn't have a choice in the matter. It was already there. They walk out the house, gang, can, gun. They, a lot of them never knew what it is to have a regular fist fight. They automatically grab the gun, selling drugs. I tell a lot of them, I tell a young guy, I said, man, you ain't really chose the street. Like, you talk some bull crap, man. It was already there. You know, I said, I took to the street. You ain't take to the streets. It was already there, but either you did that and you became a victim of the streets. And you didn't want to be no victim. So you joined it. And a lot of them, as the government just said, looking for love in all the wrong places. But they found love there. I'm, I'm hungry. I got my two siblings in the house, my little brothers and sisters. But I went around the corner, and my older cousin is a gamer, but they gave me food. I said, huh? $50, give me some groceries. Go feed your brother and your sister. I will never forget that. I didn't have time to say, I'm not going to take that money from you. You're a gangbanger. No, he helped me feed my family. Amen. And he showed me the way. Even though it's wrong, not justifying none of it, but that's the reality of it. That's what I mean by, if I'm telling a young guy, stop gangbanging, stop doing this, stop doing that. He said, I'm with you, OG. But what, if, what you got in place for me to do to provide for my family? Amen. Okay, because my mother, man, she strung out, man. She turned the tricks two blocks up the street. My father was never there, man. I'm there to take care of my brother and my sister, man. What you got for me? Uh, come on. Now, that's not going to get it. 
I'll tell you what I got for you. Save this booklet on this, on, on, on getting your uh, CDL. Mm. Okay? Get your drive license. Let me get you a drive. A job. Being a truck driver. Okay? Making deliveries. Real yeah, You'll be making this money. You'll be making anywhere from 15 to 20 hours an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on with me. I'm going to show you do it. Check for a job application. He's going to do that. He's going to opt to go with you. Trust me when I tell you. Because you're putting something in front of him. Not you putting up a, 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 a empty promise. Yeah. You got to be something in there. You know? And that's why I said, again, I patronize. I'm a strong advocate of New Jersey industry because that's where you're going at. It just should be more. It should be more. So looking back at life and where you're at now, what 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 are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned. Amen. You know, and grateful for the things that uh, my mother and father instilled in me, which brought me to this day. You know, still be alive and count my blessings, and and even you know, uh, appreciate things I experienced, even the bad things I experienced, but it made me the man I am today. That journey I went on, it wasn't an easy journey, but I also learned. And I never get my mother always tell me, I believe it to this every day. And I say, that's what got me a life sentence, disobedience. Mother always tell me, a disobedient child when the day is on. You make your bed hard, you have to lie in it. And all the trials and tribulations and all that right there, and all the hell that I caught while I was in prison. Maybe the man I am today, I wouldn't trade for nothing in the world. You know, because I stand before everybody, a changed person, you know. And that's what I mean. Gosh. I appreciate it. That was pretty serious stuff. Yes, sir. You're blessed. Yes, sir. Good. Yeah, I'm blessed. I got a good man job with New Jersey Mission. <laughs> <laughs> God bless, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.